Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. We are here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabet Football Show. Welcome back. What's going on? How y'all doing this evening? The 2021 NFL Draft, it's finally over. All the picks have finally been selected. However, there were some quarterbacks that were taken, a good amount were taken from the draft, and there will be quarterback battles that have been created because of it. And the first one I want to get into, let's go to the Bay Area and let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Not despite the fact that they have six quarterbacks signed to their active roster, which is insane, but they draft Trey Lance. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Nick Mullins, who played, for, who played a good amount last year. And you have Josh Rosen, who has had that potential put on his name since 2018. Who do you think will be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in week one and why? I I think no doubt it's going to be uh, Jimmy G. Uh, He's not a bad quarterback. um, And he's basically playing for his quarterback. We all know that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback of the future for the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, Jimmy G, he's a competent quarterback. I can see him holding down the job this year where um, Trey Lance gets acclimated to the game, uh, especially um, from opting out last year uh, due to the pandemic. And then coming from a division one double A school, I can state they can take their time with him, develop him. Uh, He's, I think he'll be a great fit in Kyle Shanahan's system, but right now Jimmy G has the upper hand because of his experience there. And uh, I just I, I think it's just a matter of time. And uh, they sit back, they develop this kid. And then, um, you know, down the road, I don't even know if I don't know if Trey Lance will even start this year. Uh, if he does, it'll be somewhere down the road. Um, and then once again, Josh Rosen getting screwed over. I, this is the most unfortunate. <laughs> he is the most unfortunate quarterback ever getting drafted to uh, Arizona. Uh, didn't work out there. Goes to uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Doesn't you know, they draft two over there? They drafted Kyler Murray when he uh, when he was in Arizona. They draft two while he's in um, Miami. Then he gets a shot to go to uh, Tampa Bay. They get rid of him. Draft Kyle Trask, and now <laughs> he goes to San Francisco and they draft Trey Lance. This guy can't get a break, uh, and it's just unfortunate because. Uh, you know, he's he's falling along those lines there where people think he's a bust. And I don't really know if we know if he's a bust yet. Well, it's kind of hard to be a bust when you really haven't had a sample size to prove yourself. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that he will be the starter for this season. But let's shift to a different direction. Will Trey Lance be what Patrick Mahomes was in Kansas City? Will he have one year to sit on the bench, learn from a veteran quarterback, and then year two, you are our guy moving forward? I think so. And I think uh, Shanahan's also looking at what his dad did with uh, 
uh, what his dad did in with the Washington football team, you know, they threw RG3 out there, but they also drafted uh, Kirk Cousins, and he worked out pretty fine for them. But Trey Lance is a, a way better prospect. You, you let this kid sit back. You don't have to rush him out there. They have enough weapons. I think they're going to be a run-centric football team anyway. They drafted uh, Trey Sermon, the running back, and they still have Mostert. And, and the, San Francisco was really kind of derailed by injuries last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You get, But you get back George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, Hurd. I mean, they have some weapons over there that they're, they're going to be able to use. Uh, you got a banger in Trey Sermon. You got a home run hitter in Mostert. Uh, and, I, you know, let's not forget, just two years ago, San Francisco was in the Super Bowl. So, you know, you get this kid over there, you get back Nick Bosa and some of the other pieces that they got hurt last year. They, they had suffered some really bad injuries. Let this kid sit, let him develop. You don't have to rush him out there. And when he's finally, you know, when it's his time and they feel like he's ready, I think this kid set, uh, set up for uh, some success. As we're talking about quarterback battles here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabets Football Show. Uh, what's up, Brett? What's up, King Czar? What's up, uh, yeah. Maurice? I know all of you are in the chat right now. Shout out to all of you. Uh, I mean, King Czar is just roasting Josh Rosen uh, here in the chat. So shout out to you for that one. But you know what? Let's move uh, directions. Let's go to the Midwest here. And more importantly, let's go to Illinois. Chicago Bears, they draft Justin Fields. Andy Dalton was kind of their marquee free agent signing, if you want, from this offseason. And then Nick Foles is still on the roster, and they got him in a trade last year. Now, keeping the homer side of it uh, away from it, I'm going to go to you first, and then I'll go to me. What do you think the Chicago Bears will do in 2021? Who will be their quarterback in week one? I think also this is a these both of these guys, Trey Lance, um, Trey Lance and Justin Fields are both set up for success because you have veteran quarterbacks in front of them where they they're not rushed. They're not being thrown to the wolves. And I think a lot of times what happens with these young quarterbacks is they get ruined because they're thrown out there with no supporting cast and they get ruined. They're, 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 you know, their confidence gets shaken or they're get, they get physically beat up in the case of a guy like David Carr or you have a guy like uh, <clears throat> Sam Darnold with uh, the Jets who they put nothing around him. They they ought to be they ought to be ashamed with what they did to Sam Darnold. Then you see he goes to Carolina now. I think he's set up for success over there. You look at what he has over there. I, uh, I think Nick Foles goes out. He's the he's the uh, I think he goes out and starts. Now I do believe that Fields will will be out there a little bit sooner than uh, Trey Lance for the simple fact that he played at Ohio State. And, you know, he actually played this past year as compared to Trey Lance, who opted out this past year. So I think um, Nick Foles will be the starter on a very short leash. I could see weeks six, seven, maybe eight. And then Trey Lance, uh, um, Justin Fields is out there taking over. Now I have your angle out there. I'm going to go to mine because, like I said, I'm going to try not to be a homer here. For anybody who watches the sports angle, you know your host, Rocco Raquelli, is a longtime Chicago Bears fan. Now, I believe Andy Dalton is going to start. 
Now, what are they going to do with Nick Foles? I believe they're going to try to trade him or release him. I don't really think he will fit with the current scheme. The Bears are going to try to go moving forward. I do agree that there will be a shorter leash on whoever the veteran quarterback is who will be with the Bears. I would be very surprised if Justin Fields isn't starting by week 14. Like, I would be very surprised if not three-fourths into the year, Justin Fields is on the field uh, playing for the Chicago Bears. So that's what my angle is. I think Andy Dalton is a real solid veteran. I've told people this for years. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Andy Dalton does. He's not a terrible quarterback. He's not great, but he's not a terrible quarterback by any means. So I have Andy Dalton being the starter. I think Justin Fields will be the backup, and I think they'll find a way to cut and or trade uh, Nick Foles. So as we are talking about quarterback battles here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabets Football Show. We're going to move over to New England. Uh, shout out to Dallas Oliver for this one. I know you're a huge Patriots fan, but we have to talk about New England. They drafted Mac Jones. You have Cam Newton. Uh, the, yes, they still technically have Jared Stidham. With New England, do you expect Bill Belichick to just toss Mac Jones into the fire and just say, all right, kid, go have fun? Or do you think Cam Newton's going to take over for a bit and they will slowly transition Mac Jones in New England? Again, another situation where, and you know what? I had totally forgot that Andy Dalton went to Chicago. I should have known that being a Cowboys fan. I agree with you. I think Andy Dalton will start off there. Uh, I totally forgot he was there. But uh, to New England, again, another quarterback who's in a situation, Mac Jones, where he's able to sit back and learn the ropes. Uh, look, in New England, we all know that Bill Belichick loves Alabama players. I think he's going to look for every uh, – every. It, it, they're going to give this kid a chance to develop. Uh, Cam Newton's there in a one-year – another one-year deal. Uh, they weren't that bad last year. I thought last year was more of outside uh, – not having any weapons. They really had no weapons. I think you'll see a very run-centric offense with uh, Damian Harris and James White. People forget that J uh, James White was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, uh, Sony Michelle, you got three really good running backs. Uh, you go out and you go, you go get a couple of receivers. You got the good tight ends and Kyle Rudolph and Hunter Henry. Uh, you know, short pass, short to short to uh, intermediate passing game with, with a lot of running and you know easy decisions. What I like about Mac Jones is he's deadly accurate. Um, he is a, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. His game is kind of like Tom Brady's where he has mobility within the pocket. He's not going to outrun anybody like Lamar Jackson or Trey Lance or somebody like that, but inside of the pocket, able to, you know, make a step here, make a step to left or right, step into the pocket and deliver the ball accurately. Um, and, and I like what they've done. Um, I think Bill Belichick was embarrassed last year. I thought he was very embarrassed last year with the Bills kicking their brains in last year. Uh, I lost a little bit of money on that. And I'm, I'm not proud to say that, but I lost a little bit of money on that. Uh, and I think Bill Belichick, he saw what happened whenever he lost um, Tom Brady. And Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, goes and wins a championship. And then the Bills sweep them last year. I don't think he liked that. Um but they had a lot of opt-outs last year. 
I still think the Bills are the the favorite in the division, but it's going to be a dog fight over there. I think you also got Miami. But uh, Cam Newton comes out, starts. Mac Jones gets to take his time. And again, Cam Newton's on a very short leash. If he goes out there and has some games, three or four interception games, I think they put the kid in there and he gets an opportunity. Now, these next trio, I'm going to combine them into one. They're not quarterback battles, but they're one I want to call a fail-safe, you know, an option B. And that is Kellen Munn with the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Trask with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is um, Davis Mills from Stanford. He went to the Houston Texans. Those trio have one thing in common, and that is their quarterbacks are already set. Cousins with Minnesota, Brady with Tampa Bay, uh, Houston with Sean Watson. The reason why I say that they're a fail-safe is let's say that something unfortunate happens during the year. Quarterbacks get injured. You know you're a Dallas fan. You saw it last year. So could Trask, Mund, or Mills be that fail-safe for any of these teams that they drafted them in Tampa Bay, Minnesota, or Houston? Well, I, I, I think Mills actually – is probably going to have to start. I think Deshaun Watson has played his last game in, in Houston. I think that situation is beyond uh, – I, I just I think it's too far gone. There's so many things going on. And I think Houston's going to be really bad. And I feel I actually feel sorry for Davis Mills because I feel like he's going to – They uh, Bill O'Brien killed those boys. He, he Some of the decisions he – all of the decisions he made basically backfired – and they're going to have to pay for the consequences of his incompetence for the next seven to ten years. Uh, with New England, with um, with Tampa, I think it's again a perfect situation. That's a perfect situation for Kyle Trask. You get to sit behind the goat. Uh, they're they they're bringing back all twenty-two starters. They they uh, re-signed uh, Antonio Brown last week, so they're bringing back all twenty-two starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, I could see Brady playing another one or two years and you're going to a ready-made team. You're going to a ready-made team. All he's got to do is step in there. Uh, and you, you, you're, you're loaded. You're, you're, you are loaded at running back wide receiver, good offensive line, nasty defense. Kyle Trask in a great situation. And, um, now, who was the other one you said? Uh, said uh, the uh, other one is uh, Kellen Mond, the Minnesota. Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond, another one. I like Kellen Mond uh, out of uh, uh, Mississippi State. Um, I've never been sold on Kirk Cousins. I've never been sold on him. The guy ought to be arrested for 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 grand theft larceny for what he did to the, the Washington football team and with the and with the uh, Vikings. The guy has made probably a couple hundred million dollars and he's just not that guy. Uh, but again, Kellerman gets to sit behind this guy, learn the ropes. And I think when he's ready, uh, you know, and that's the cool thing about these young quarterbacks and, and with these franchises, because you get to reset at the quarterback position. You're pay, you know, you start paying. If you can get one of these guys to develop and come out there, look, the going rate for a starting quarterback nowadays is $40 million. Now, we just saw Deshaun Watson get paid. We just saw Dak Prescott get paid. We just saw Pat Mahomes get paid. Now, you, the next three that are coming up in the next year or so is Josh Allen, 
Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. When they get paid, you're talking at least $40 million. Now, I think, I believe uh, Dak Prescott is is number two at $40 million, and I think Deshaun's at 39 But Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes at $45 mil per. 10 years, $450 million. So you get to reset. If you're paying your quarterback, I don't know, $15, 16000000 million a year, who's on his rookie deal, on his rookie deal, then you can start to, you can start to put some pieces around him where you can make a run like that. And it's a pretty good deal. You know, the, the, the uh, Buffalo Bills went to the AFC championship. I don't know how much Josh Allen was making last year. They're they're in the AFC championship. Well, not what he's worth. We'll put it that way. Yes. Yes, exactly. He's, he's on his rookie deal. You know, Baker Mayfield made the playoffs last year on his rookie deal. Lamar Jackson got a playoff win last year on his rookie deal. So if you're able to, you know, when you're not having to pay the quarterback 30% of your salary cap and you can surround him with some pieces, uh, you know, at the skill position or surround him with a, with a awesome defense, it's made to order because once you start having to make your, uh, pay your quarterback top notch money, then you have to start, Take him, um, you know, you have to start really watching your resources because there's only so much resources. We, You only have so much pie to go around. So um, I think uh, some of these guys are going to get an opportunity this year, though. Also, I will include Justin Herbert on that list of quarterbacks that will get paid in the future. Well, he was a so, rookie so. last year. I'm talking about guys that are immediate. Justin okay. Herbert and Joe Burrow last year, th- you know, three or four years down the road, they'll be those guys. But I'm talking about the guys immediately right now who are about to get paid in the next year or so. Uh, Josh Allen, Lamar, and Baker are going into their fourth year. They were uh, drafted in 2018. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, we got a little bit of time for them, maybe three or four more years. But these guys here, these teams are going to have to make a decision on them in the next year or so. Now let's go to the comments. Let's have your angle be heard. Jets did actually did good in the draft. I'm glad you brought that up. We'll get into the winners and losers of the NFL draft here on the sports angle in just a bit. But I did have one more quarterback battle I wanted to mention, and I call this the long shot. And it is the New Orleans Saints. You have Taysom Hill. You have Jameis Winston. They even brought in Trevor Simeon, but they also drafted Ian Book from Notre Dame. So what I mean by a long shot is, is it possible that if they are not confident in Taysom Hill, and if they don't think Jameis Winston is not going to have a turnover bakery every single Sunday, will Ian Book end up being the guy with New Orleans? Uh, I'm not. I'm not really sold on Ian Book. I Now, of all the quarterbacks that we just mentioned, uh, this rookie class, I think he has the least amount of um, I think he has the least amount of chance of starting. Uh, it's, it's basically a two man battle. Uh, you got Taysom Hill, who uh, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And that's what it's going to boil down to. Trevor Simeon, journeyman. Uh, I don't even know if he'll be on the, the roster. They're going to have a little. But it's it, it's a it's a two man race between those two. Um, uh, Taysom Hill. Look, he's over 30 years old. He finally got an opportunity to uh, start last year. But to me, he is what he is. He's a 
slightly better version of Tim Tebow. As far now, he he throws the ball better than Tebow. He's more accurate, but you know he, he does have that dimension of running the ball. And when he takes off and runs with the ball, he's he's very dynamic. Uh, but Jameis Winston, he has pedigree. He let's not forget. People keep forgetting. Jameis Winston was the number one pick in the draft. Now um, he didn't really get an opportunity. I was surprised. I really thought that he would get the opportunity. Uh, but here's the one thing that I did see when Drew Brees kind of, you know, we saw his last game, he kind of whispered and kind of gave, he, if you go back and you look it up on YouTube, you can actually see him kind of, it's your team now, kid. Uh, he kind of whispered that to Jameis. I think Jameis, because of his pedigree, because of his, uh, you know, where he was drafted, he, he has some things to work on definitely. But I think overall, I think Jameis Winston will probably end up being the quarterback there. And then with uh, Taysom Hill, I could see some packages like what they were doing before, some RPOs, some uh, some things of that nature where the quarterback takes off with the ball. So that was the QB battle section of the show. And before we transition into the NFL drafts, uh, winners and losers, King Czar said Jameis will start, so he does agree with you on that. I think there is a very good possibility that Jameis Winston does start for the New Orleans Saints. So now we are going to move on here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabets Football Show. The 2021 NFL Draft, now that everything is done and over with, I want to go over the winners and losers of the NFL Draft. So, uh, Marcus, I'll start with you. Is there one team that you want to spotlight that you think won the NFL Draft? I got three teams for you, actually. And this, and this pains me to say, the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought what they did there, moving back, uh, moving back where they they started at they started at what six, mm-hmm. then they moved to twelve, then the ten, uh, you know, and to to go out and go get Devontae Smith. You know, we've all known that they've been very anemic at the wide receiver position. They tried to address it last year with Jalen Rager. That didn't really pan out. He had a lot of injuries last year. But, you know, Jalen Rager and to go get the the the, the defending Heisman Trophy winner uh, to get him at 12. And then to also pick up another first-round pick. Um, you know, Philadelphia's got three first-round picks next year. So I didn't really uh, – you know, being a Dallas fan, I didn't really like that. You know, we made a little move with them moving back, uh, moving back from uh, 10 to 12, and then they go to 10 and pick up uh, Devontae Smith. But I, I'm telling you, the Miami Dolphins – I love what they did there. Um, I I think Miami's coming. Uh, now this is all contingent on this is all contingent. Can't Tua has to step up this year, no doubt about it. Year two, you know he, he you know he kind of had Ryan Fitzpatrick to fall on last year, but I think with the weapons that they have over there, they may have one of the fastest receiving core. Uh, you look at the the players that they brought in. I always like Devontae Parker. I just felt like they needed somebody else. You look at Gusecki, the tight end. Uh, they picked up um, Will Fuller, uh, formerly of uh, Houston, Texas, a burner, a flyer. And then to get Jalen Waddle, who I who I have and a lot of other people have compared to uh, Tyreek Hill, his ability uh, to take a short pass and take it to the house. He's a threat anywhere on the field. I think uh, Buffalo and New England and the Jets, they, they're going to have to deal with those boys. And last but not least, the Cleveland Browns. 
I thought the Cleveland Browns, what they did, they were already loaded, loading up on the defensive side of the ball, getting a guy like JOK, uh, going to get Clowney on the other side of Miles Garrett. Uh, I, I just think, I, I think Cleveland, we have to, we have to take them seriously. You know, with that running game that they have uh, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, Baker started to, uh, to really play well last year. And then they still have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. I don't think he'll be on the team. I think they'll find a partner. Hey, Green Bay, call him. Call him. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will stay with you over there. I don't know if Ian would like that. But uh, hey, uh, Call Chicago. Hey, hey, call <laughs> Chicago. We need, we need a number two wide receiver alongside Allen Robinson. Just, just hit him yeah. up. Right. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I think Cleveland, though, I, I love what they did. Uh, still stacking up on that defense. So when that defense was already nasty, and uh, I, I, I really like what Cleveland did. Now, before I give my angle, I tell you the teams that I believe won the NFL draft. I just want to let you know that when you said the Eagles, Dennis Holmes from Ignorant Thinkers lit up the like button like 400,000 times. So I'm obviously sure. he, he enjoyed that. I'm sure he did. So uh, Kings R says Tua will be a bust. I will not disagree with that. Hunter Long was a nice pick, too. You know what? I will agree to that as well. I like uh, Hunter Long. Now, the first team I had that I believe have won the NFL draft in 2021, shout out to Ron Thomas for this one, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. Like The Atlanta Falcons, to me, picked the best player in the NFL draft. They picked a guy that will be a dy dynamic franchise player for the next decade, and that's Kyle Pitts. You know, I've always been a huge fan of him. I think that he will be a Tony Gonzalez-type-esque player in the NFL. That's how talented this guy is. But also moving down the rest of the draft, they got an offensive tackle in day two that at one point was considered a first-round pick in Jalen Mayfield. Richie Grant, the safety from UCF, one of the best safeties in college football. He goes to Atlanta. And they beefed up their defensive backs by bringing in two Mountain West guys and Darren Hall from San Diego State and Avery Williams from Boise State. So I really like what the Falcons did. I believe that they had a win in this draft. The second team on my list, uh, shout out to all of Bill's Mafia because I know you're going to love this one. But I think the Buffalo Bills, they did an absolute amazing draft this time. Gregory Rousseau was a steal for the Buffalo Bills. They bring in Carlos Basham. Now they've got two edge rushers out there in Buffalo. They upgrade their offensive line by bringing in two guys in Brown and Doyle. And shout out to University of Houston, uh, Marquez Stevenson. They got him late in the draft as well. So the Buffalo Bills, they definitely impressed me out there in the NFL draft. So you have Atlanta, you have Buffalo. And then the third one, I, I will admit, it was challenging and it was hard to kind of come up with. But I have to agree with you, it is the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the fact is Cleveland did something that a lot of people didn't really expect, and that was for them to add on top of the depth they already have. Greg Newsome, solid defensive back. JOK, going to be a steal in this NFL draft. And they add some more weapons for Baker Mayfield, getting Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. So I really like what the Browns did. I like what the Falcons did. And I like what 
the uh, Buffalo Bills did as well. So as we're talking about the winners and losers of the 2021 NFL draft, now we have to get to the loser side. You know, teams that you believe just stunk up the place. Uh, Marcus, I will let you start. Which teams did you have as losers in the NFL draft? Green Bay Packers. Again, and I can see right now why Aaron Rodgers wants out. He wants out of Green Bay because of the stupid moves that they keep making. You drafted uh, uh, the quarterback last last year when you had an opportunity to go get a Justin Jefferson. You don't think Justin Jefferson could have helped you in the Oh, NFC he would have been huge. In the, in, in the NSA championship, it's not like Tampa Bay beat them down. It's not like that. But what happened, what, what happened to them the past two seasons, two seasons ago in the NFC championship when they played against San Francisco, you gang up on Devontae Adams. You double and triple team him and you don't let him hurt you. The other receivers don't show up. This season, same the same thing. In this championship game, uh, Aaron Jones gets hurt. Uh, Jamal Williams gets hurt. And the big back that they had, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, the rookie, that's who they had to roll with. And then they double and triple team. They took Devontae Adams out the game. If you have a Clay, Chase Claypool or a Justin Jefferson or a C.D. Lamb or somebody along the nature, a Brandon IU on the other side of Devontae Adams, I think you win that game. If they have Justin Jefferson in the NFC Championship game, they win that game against Tampa Bay. And that's no uh, A.J. Dillon. That's who it was. A.J. Dillon. You know, he's a good back. But, you know, you, you, needed a, you needed another wide receiver. I don't know what it is. And then this year you go get another defensive back. You go get another defensive back. With it, with with all of the, with, it's it's come on. I don't I don't know what I don't know what it is. I, I I just don't get it. But to me, that was a, and I can see I can see Aaron Rodgers' frustration. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. You know, it's like some give this man some more weapons to get him over. This man's playing for championships now. Aaron Rodgers is in that LeBron James type situation now everything he does is based off of championships now yeah. and you know we talk about him you know being you know when you want to be on that that mount rushmore quarterbacks you can't just have one championship you can't just have one championship you look at the drew Brees as one championship aaron Rodgers one championship you know you you, you got to get multiple championships and he and it's they won't support him and i have i have an issue with that secondly i don't agree with you on the atlanta falcons I don't agree with wow. you on a, a, a tight end at four. A tight He's the best at, player in this draft. I would pick him at four. Okay, two. and I get that. But you, what you really needed was offensive line help. You had an op, you had an opportunity to get the two 
the the the, the best or the, or the second best offensive lineman in this draft. You could have either got Panay Sewell or you could have gotten uh, Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. You put him on there. Now you're exp- you're ex- you're extending uh, you're extending um, Matt, Matty Ice's career. And then you also, you, you, you know, Todd Gurley, he's a free agent. You, di- you didn't do anything for your running game. We know you can throw the ball. Calvin Ridley's very capable. Zacchaeus, uh, the third wide receiver, he's very capable. You've, you've, you have weapons over there. Um, and you got to find a way to get rid of, uh, you got to find a way to get rid of Julio Jones. He's on the decline. He's always hurt. I thought that they would have been better served getting one of the offensive linemen over there. I get it. Kyle Pitts, he's a he's an awesome player. He he's an awesome player. I don't really compare him to Tony Gonzalez. I compare his game more to a Jimmy Graham, a flex type tight end, Jimmy Graham, Kel, Kelsey type, Kelsey Kittle type, Darren Waller type. That's what I compare him to, a a, a wide receiver playing tight end. But that's not what you needed. You needed a you needed to shore up that offensive line, and you didn't do that. And with the with in the division in which you play with Tampa Bay, and we saw what Tampa Bay we saw what Tampa Bay did to uh, Kansas City. How did that work out for them? And we know how explosive Kansas City is. We know how explosive, and they shut them down. You go out there, and your main priority is to go get a tight end. I didn't I didn't like that pick. And third, and not least, was was uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Another, you should have. Your quarterback is on IR. Your young stud quarterback in Joe Burrow is on is is on the IR because you couldn't protect him. He's taking massive hits. Now I get it. You want to do the reunion tour, the LSU reunion tour, and, mm-hmm. and pair him up with his former pass catcher with Jamar Chase. That's not what he needed. You have some good young pass catchers. What you needed was a Panay Sewell, or you needed a Rashawn Slater. Or you could have moved back and stayed in the top 10 and still got one of uh, maybe Slater. I don't think Slater went till 12, 13, somewhere around there. He went around there. Yeah. You could have, you could have went and got, you did not need another wide receiver. That's not what you needed. You needed to, you need to protect your young stud quarterback. I don't think he's going to start off this year because he's still going to be, he got hurt late in the season. So he's probably going to miss the first, you know, couple of games this season. Why would you not go out and go get a, a bodyguard for him to protect him? So those are my three on uh, losers. Now, as we're talking about the winners and losers of the 2021 NFL Draft here on the Sports Angle, I'm your host Rocco Kelly. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabet Football Show. Now, the first team I have on my list, I will agree with you. I think the Cincinnati Bengals simply because. You have to protect your most valuable asset. We will always agree on that. You have to protect the most valuable asset on your roster, and that is your quarterback. Yes, they got Jackson Carmen from Clemson in the second round, and they did upgrade the defense uh, in the day three. But what I don't understand is, haven't the Bengals done this before? Like, I get it. They want to have an A.J. Green 2.0. I understand but it just feels like they're just fishing to go get a franchise wide receiver. They've done this a couple of times now. So because of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, them drafting Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman, not really protecting and doubling down on Joe Burrow. I mean, heck, I think they only drafted, what, two offensive linemen in this draft. I don't think that that was enough in my opinion. So when it comes to Cincinnati, they're the first team on my list. 
that I think were losers in this draft. The second team I have is the Detroit Lions. I think that they did lose this draft, not for drafting Penny Sewell. He's going to be an amazing player. It's the fact that you need wide receivers to make Jared Goff work. There's no denying that. Jared Goff has got to have guys to pass the ball to. You really don't have anything out there in Detroit. And all they did was draft Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round. He might be good, but they didn't go out and draft, you know, any of those wide receivers. They didn't trade up and go get one of those wide receivers. And they also doubled down on the defense, which I felt like was kind of unnecessary out there in Detroit. I mean, their defense is going to suck anyway. They're Detroit. So uh, Detroit, I have them as the second losers on my list. And then the last team I have that I believe really lost, not just because of the fact that they drafted positions that were really unnecessary, but they also drafted a huge reach in the first round. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to say this for the record. I don't think Xavier Collins is going to be a good fit for Arizona. I don't think he will fit in that system. Rondell Moore, you draft him in the second round, but yet you have what AJ Green, you have Christian Kirk, you have all these wide receivers on the depth chart for Arizona. I don't get why you had Rondell Moore being drafted that high. Uh, I'll give credit to Marco Wilson because they drafted him later in the draft. That was a good pick. But the rest of the draft just made me question what Arizona is doing. So Arizona, I have them on that list. Detroit, and then I agree with you with Cincinnati. NFL draft winners and losers. And we will kind of do a change up here. And I will ask this and I'll ask everyone who's watching right now. Was there one team that you were surprised either traded up or traded down in the draft? Is there one team that when you saw that flash up on the uh, update board, you were shaking your head like, why? Well, I, I don't know about the, I thought, again, I thought what the Eagles did was brilliant. Um, and I, I love the move that was made for Devontae Smith because we got to basically screw the Giants because they wanted him. So, you know, I'm no fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, but we actually kind of joined forces there and, and, and got the uh, – I, I was furious, though. I, you know, the, the first curveball of – I did not know – I did not think that Trey Lance would go number three. I thought Justin Fields would. Um, and I was really – uh, surprised that J.C. Horn went at eight to Carolina. I thought that was another one. You know, talk about teams that made. I, I was like, eh, you know, I get it. You need. I mean, you can never have enough good corners. I just thought that they needed other things. Uh, I thought that maybe going to go get you know one of the offensive linemen there. Uh, I, I thought get, maybe getting Slater there would have been a, a better move for them. Or hell, even going to get Micah Parsons. Uh, you know, with losing Luke Keekley, I thought that maybe getting I, I, I thought maybe Micah uh, 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 Micah Micah Parsons would be a good pick there. Uh, it wiped out our board because both the corners went there back to back. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. Uh, and I was actually surprised that I, I was really surprised that J.C. Horn went before Patrick Sertain. I thought Patrick Sertain would go before uh, before J.C. Horn. So, you know. We do all of these mock drafts and all of these places do mock drafts. You just never know. It takes one team to kind of jump up there and, and grab somebody. It only takes one team to like somebody, and it changes the whole dynamics of the draft. 
It absolutely does. Uh, there's a couple of surprises that really surprised me. For anybody who watched our 2021 NFL Draft live stream we did here on the Sports Angle, you will know that when the Bears moved up, I pretty much had all five stages of grief in like 10 seconds. Like I pretty much just went through PTSD. I went through Mitchell Trubisky. Like I saw pretty much my entire Bears fandom flash before my eyes when I saw they traded up to 11. Thankfully, they made the right decision. They drafted Justin Fields. But in the heat of the moment, I was like, don't draft Mac Jones. Don't do it. Don't like I was just freaking out about that. I also had a reaction to when the Broncos drafted Pat Sertan with the ninth pick. I was kind of just shaking my head going, don't you need a quarterback? But, you know, I, I just think Pat Sertan, I think he was pretty much set at the Cowboys pick and they didn't even have a chance to take him. So that was kind of an interesting slot there. I also was really surprised about uh, the Chargers having a chance to take Rashawn Slater. I thought with him dropping down to 14, that was a huge surprise there. So those were definitely moves that I didn't think were going to happen. Let's go to the chat. Let's have your angle be heard. Uh, King Czar, man, you're coming in with the hot takes. Uh, LeBron is playing in the play-in game. Yes, the Lakers might play in the play-in game. Uh, that's definitely interesting. Rodgers is easily on the Mount Rushmore. Of the Packers quarterbacks, I would say yes. If you're talking NFL quarterbacks, Marcus, I think we would disagree on that. I mean, him on the Mount Rushmore, like top all four time, quarterbacks. All, all time, and, and I... I think he could be, uh, but again, he's judged strictly off of championships. And I, I don't believe that the the Packers have maximized, you know, his potential by putting just an enormous amount of weapons around him. Normally, you know, when Mike McCarthy was there, they had three receive, you know, three good receivers. You know, you had Randall Cobb, you had Jordy Nelson, you had Devontae Adams. Now it's Devontae Adams or Bus. And I just thought that when they were successful, they were, you know, three wide and you had to pick your poison. And I just don't believe that they've gone out at the wide receiver position. Marquez Valdez Scantling, really? That's 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 your your answer. Equiminius St. Brown, that's that's your that's your answer. When when you could have had a Justin Jefferson, you could have had a Justin Jefferson, you could have had a Chase Claypool, you could have had a guy like that. Um I just, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Um, and I, and I can, you know, with these quarterbacks that, you know, they start getting frustrated. You're not, you're not surrounding me with talent. You can see the frustration in Brady's eyes the last year that he was there with, with, uh, with, you're with, seeing the uh, frustration with Russell Wilson right now. Well, I don't know. Well, Russell the offensive Wilson, line, come on. The on offensive the, line. It's, it's, it's on the offensive line. But I mean, having DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty nice. And then they had Josh Gordon for their third receiver. But again, this is what happens. Some of these quarterbacks, they could take a book, they could take a lesson out of the book of Tom Brady. Look, you can be the highest paid quarterback, and we can give you 30, we can give you third, you know, a third of our, you know, third. 13, 15% of our salary cap, and and you lose that offensive lineman or a couple of offensive linemen or that stud running back or that stud wide receiver, or you can take kind of a discount 
like Tom Brady does every year, and you can have seven Super Bowl rings. So you make the choice. You, you, you know, do you want the money or do you want to get the hell beat out of you every year? You make a choice. So Tom Brady, you know, you would think that some of these guys would look, the man has seven Super Bowl rings. How many times has Tom Brady been the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? None. You know, so you have to look at stuff like that. I, I know you want to get paid, but how much money is how much money is too much where we cannot surround you with talent? For a while, Russell Wilson was the highest paid quarterback in the league. He was. So, you know, I can't. There's only so much. There's only so much money to go around. So you make a choice. You want to be paid, or do you want to? Or do you want to? You know, you do you want to win championships? All right. It's like uh, one of the all-time greats once said: "Do you want championships, or do you want dollars?" I mean, that's that's pretty much the ultimate decision. Now back to the comments where your angle will be heard here on the sports angle. Atlanta needed Fields. You know what? I can see that, but I'm glad Chicago took him. Uh, Kyle Pitts will be Shannon Sharp. Well, if he is, that wouldn't be a bad thing. He is a Hall of Famer after all. So that wouldn't be a bad situation. You know, I guarantee this person who made this comment is from Las Vegas. The Raiders were knocked, but most of their picks were actually award winners. Yes, the Raiders were award winners, but you can't deny that Alex Leatherwood was a reach. And, hey, I give credit to Trevon Mooring because they did rebound by drafting him in day two. But Mike Mayock is going to keep looking. They jumped in front of us because we wanted them. There you go. See, right there. But, I mean, what is going on with Mike Mayock? Since this show is live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, Raiders are in our backyard. I mean, what is his obsession with Alabama? I mean, I think four of the last five drafts, he has drafted an Alabama player. Well, I just think, you know, you, you look at you look at the success. The, the, hey, if we're going to if we're going to knock him, we got to knock uh, Bill Belichick, too, because that's another uh, team. New England, they love they love picking up Alabama. And, and, and you look at the Alabamas, you look at the Ohio States. People want players from those programs because of the level the level that they play every year they're in they're in discussion for the national championship and you go get those guys they have pro made players look at the players that have come out of alabama the past few years you look at the running backs derrick henry mark ingram uh, wide receiver julio jones calvin ridley amari cooper you know tight end oj howard you know the offense clemson's getting there too surprisingly clemson's also clemson so you're you're gonna you're you know and then they're they're well coached you know Nick Nick Saban has NFL pedigree and you know they want they want these type of players so I, I mean I, I don't knock them for that now I I agree with you Rocco I I, I thought Alex Le- Leatherwood was definitely a reach and then their first round pick last year too a couple of their first round picks last year it was kind of Damian Arnett yeah yeah I, you go get the number two corner for Ohio state. I, I mean, he was predicted to be like a third or fourth round pick and you pick and him. And Jonathan Abram two years earlier. Like he has a little pattern here. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I just, I, I, it was mind blowing to me, but you know, again, the, the Alabama um, players are going to get the benefit of the doubt because of the program that they come from. Again, that I use that word over and over again. When I say a lot of people get frustrated sometimes pedigree, when you're playing at that level, um, that people 
people go to those programs. They are, if you go back and you look at the Ohio States and the Oklahomas and the Clemsons and the USC's, um, they, they put out NFL caliber players. That's just what it is. So, you know, it's a factory. That's where they go. So. And then one more comment before we get into the NFC East here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabets Football Show. Brady has four rings. Is he better than Rodgers? Oh, boy. Here comes an old school yeah, Bradshaw, kind of question. Uh, Bradshaw, not Brady. Uh, Bradshaw. Sorry. I was thinking of Brady in my head. Terry Bradshaw, four rings. Is he better than Rodgers? Uh, I, I don't. My the way I judge quarter, players are not just off of rings, and, and that's that's no slight to Terry Bradshaw. I don't. If we're going by that premise, then Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino. I don't just judge players off of their championships. I judged off, you know, yes, Terry Bradshaw. He was a hell of a player, but when you look at the, the overall talent, you have to look at the Hall of Famers. How many Hall of Famers? How many Hall of Famers that Aaron Rodgers? If he quit his career right now, if he retired this year, which he's he's threatened to do, and you look at the Hall of Fame players that uh, that Bradshaw played with, Franco Harris, Hall of Fame, both of the wide receivers, Swan and and um, uh, who was the other guy? He had John two, Stallworth. Uh, uh, Stallworth, John. You got, you got two Hall. You know, offensive lines stacked. The, you know, the defense, the, the the steel curtain defense, he he benefited from a lot of that, you know, and that's what that's what Rogers needs. He needs that support. You know, how many times has 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 um, Green Bay had a top notch defense? How many times they had it? You know, Not when, recently. You, when your defense gets a nickname that says it all right there, the 70s steel curtain defenses. You, you know, you got Franco Harris, you know, pounding the rock, you know, the immaculate, you know, the immaculate reception. So I still think Aaron Rodgers, even though he has less uh, championships than uh, than Bradshaw, I still think he's a better overall talent. So as we are talking about the NFL here on the Sports Angle, I do want to move on to a division that is close to your heart. Obviously, you are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, the NFC East. It does look like they have bulked up and they kind of have beefed up that division. And even the odds here in Las Vegas are agreeing with that. So as we are here, here live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, the Dallas Cowboys are 25 to one to win Super Bowl 56. I do this for everybody who comes on the show. Do you think that is too high, too low, or do you think that is just right for the Dallas Cowboys 25 to one to win the Super Bowl? Well, who am I to argue with the, the the odds makers in Vegas? But I try to I try to be realistic. I never want to. Although I'm a fan, I'm not delusional. I, um, I I try to be realistic in my you know in my predictions. I am a Cowboys fan, but look, I I I did like what they did. I you know you were asking me earlier about the winners from it. I believe Dallas was a winner from it, and, and not to be you know a homer. I. I believe that they won, you know, eight, uh, the first six picks on the defensive side of the ball, eight out of 11 overall uh, on the defensive side of the ball, getting what many felt like was the the number one defensive prospect in the draft in Micah Parsons. I'm, I'm elated. And the, 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 the linebackers from the, 
Cowboys have been put on notice. Their defense was atrocious last year. Now, there are some mitigating circumstances that go with that. You look at, uh, you know, Dak Prescott getting hurt, most of the offensive line, four out of five of their off, uh, five starters uh, missing, missing time last year. But the bottom line was the defense the past few years has not been good. Not being able to stop the uh, stop the run, not being able to stop the pass either. You know, you saw what Cleveland did to them. Uh, Nick Chubb ran all and up uh, up and down on the field. I think there's been some um, some effort issues, but I like what they did as far as that. You look at picking up a guy like Jabril Cox in the fourth round. That was that was announced. I was. You know, now I was a little bit, I was a little bit heartbroken when both of the, you know, I took, like I said earlier, both of the top rated cornerbacks uh, were wiped out, um, um, Horn and, and Sertain. But to get Micah Parsons and the move back from 10 to 12 and pick up uh, an extra third rounder and then to get Jabril Cox in the fourth round, I was elated. Um, I, I, I think on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to see a faster, nasty, uh, run to the ball, a bunch of attacking dogs. Uh, the linebacker core, um, Jalen Smith, you're on notice. Leighton Van Der Esch, your fifth-year option was declined. He's going to have to prove himself. You know, he's a he's a good player. Uh, I like what he did his rookie year, but since then he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And like I'm, I, like I always say, you you've heard me say this a million times, Rocco. The best ability is availability. If you're always hurt, yeah, I cannot yeah. rely on you. Uh, Leighton Vanderess, he's always hurt. Sean Lee, you know, he just retired, always hurt, can't rely on you. So there's been a youth infusion into that defense uh, with Cox and, and Parsons. And I think, you know, I, I, I like what they did. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, the kid out of uh, Kentucky, the cornerback, a dog. Uh, I don't think he was as good as uh, Sertain or Horn, but I think behind him and, and Greg Newsom were three, four, arguably, and to get him in the second round at 44, I thought that was, I thought that was a very good uh, pickup. So we'll see what happens. As we're talking about the NFC East here on the sports angle, let's go to your comments where your angle will be heard. Ramona die actually agrees with you. Bradshaw had rings because that defense and the players he had on his offense, nine hall of fame players from that steel curtain era. So she agrees with you on that. And uh, shout out to King Czar because he says the Cowboys had a great draft. Uh, Cox was the biggest steal of the draft. So King Czar, Ramona Dye, I do agree with you. But obviously there's more than just the Cowboys in the NFC East. Interesting enough, the Eagles are 50-1. to 1, Giants and Redskins are both 66-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that kind of is a, a gap between the Cowboys and then everybody else. So I'm going to ask you from a non-biased point of view, if, if that's possible, why is there such a gap between the Cowboys 25 to one and then Eagles 50 to one Giants and Washington football team 66 to one? Well, I think the main, I think the main reason why you see that disparity is quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, make no mistake about it, he's the best quarterback in the NFC East. When you look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a journeyman. Let's let's keep it let's keep it real. He's a journeyman quarterback. Um, like I say on my show all the time, he's going to go out there. You have Fitz 
Ryan Fitz magic and Ryan Fitz tragic. He's going to come out there three or four games, throw for 300 yards, throw for four touchdowns in a game, and everyone's going to be doing backflips. And then he's going to come out the next week and he's going to throw five interceptions and he's going to come back to earth. Uh, Jalen Hurts, eh, jury's still out on him. Um, and, you know, with uh, Daniel Jones, again, the jury's still out on him. So, uh, I think this is mostly based off of uh, quarterbacks because we all know, and you 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 know this probably better than most with uh, being a Bears fan. If you do not have a franchise type quarterback, you're probably not going to be going for. Are you going to keep looking for him? You look at the teams who are, who've consistently over the past twenty years have been drafting in the top ten, getting lottery picks. The you know the 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 Jets, the Dolphins, until recently the Buffalo Bills, the Browns, you know they had six six guys that they draft six quarterbacks that they drafted in the first round until recently with Baker Mayfield. You look at the Tim Couches and the and the you know Johnny, the, you know footballs, <laughs> Johnny yeah. footballs and guys like that because you're constantly searching for that guy. The Dolphins hadn't really hit a franchise quarterback until, and the jury's still out on Tua. When was the last time they had a really good quarterback after Dan Marino? Or the Buffalo Bills until they just got Josh Allen. They were searching 20 years for a quarterback. Or the Browns searching 30 years since they had um, Bernie Kosar. So you got to, you got to, you know, I think that's, I think that's why there. But, you know, it's not just quarterback, but it's, you need a quarterback. Now, I will say this. Washington's defense scares me. Washington's defense scares me. They will get after you. Uh, they went and picked up who, – who was their first they, – they picked up a, another defender, you know, in the first in the first round. Yeah, you know? they, did. They, they did. You know, a linebacker, I believe, to go along with that defensive line. I think that they have the best defensive line in the, in, in, in the game. You know, you look at a guy like Chase Young and, and, the, and the two boys that they have from um, – um, I'm from Alabama and Montez Sweat. So uh, I, I think that I think that is based, but mainly off of a quarterback. You know how the, the, the quarterback status. Now we have a couple minutes left here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host Rocker Raquelli. We're here with Marcus Betts from the Alphabet's Football Show. Now the over and under in terms of win totals is obviously something that sports books and people who are here in Las Vegas always look at. Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half wins. And then you go to Washington at eight. You have the Eagles at six and a half and the Giants at seven. So I'll start with you at the Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half wins over and under. What do you think is going to happen there? I, I think that's possible. I, I think that's certainly possible. But here it all hinges on that defense. Uh, and, and and again, I was, I was elated when they went for a very uh, – defensive oriented draft uh and and dan quinn had his hands all over that draft you know all of the all of the, a lot of the players they had the certain measurables 34 inch uh long arms you know four three four four speed so if the defense can be middle of the pack they were ranked 28 29 last year and for a couple of weeks they were the worst defense in the league historically the worst defense in cowboys history if they can be Middle of the pack, 15, 16, they, they, they can do that. So, yes, I, I could definitely see that. And uh, Kingsar comes in and says, if Cowboys are healthy, 
they will have 12 wins. So I think we can know he'll take the over on the uh, nine and a half there. And then the Chicago Bears are at seven. Someone on Twitter asked what was the over and under for the Bears. It is seven wins, according to the sports books. So now we have about 90 seconds left here on the show. So, Marcus, I will allow you to uh, give everyone your information, tell everybody where they can find the Alphabets football show here on the Sports Angle. Um, we, we do the Alphabets football show with my host, uh, Ramona Die Hard Die, with the Rise Up family on, um, on, on Facebook and, and, and Instagram. Come check us out. Um, nine, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the, uh, with the Rise Up family. Go and check us out on Facebook. Uh, lots of information, really fun, interactive show, a uh, lot of smack talk and things of that nature. Uh, come and check us out. Um, and um, I, th- I think you'll really enjoy it. Come check us out. And uh, this is a sports angle. I'm your host, Rocker Kelly. We are here Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. We talk about the biggest topics in the sports world and give you an angle that we hope you haven't heard before. So, Until next time, I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Rock on. Thanks to Marcus Betts for coming on the show, and we will see you next time. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com slash symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.